Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I am Jason, a guy who is probably not as patient as I think I am. <laughs> and I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And we are going to talk about the spiritual principle of patience, if it is spiritual or a principle. And we will get into that in just a second. Uh, some recap stuff. Just to remind you guys, we are on Instagram and Facebook with terribly awful memes about recovery and addiction. Uh, we're on Twitter. Yeah, Reddit. If you, I don't know anybody that follows us on Reddit. Uh, YouTube, <laughs> our website, recoverysortof.com. Feel free on our website to donate. If you find this useful, it goes to continue the show and to give back to the recovery community. Uh, Holly suggested a topic for us, taking painkillers in recovery. We have an episode where we talk about painkillers in recovery. I think it's 83. I, I don't know. Go back to the 80s. We also did that. that episode with Pete about pain management. Yeah, I thought that. I feel like there was some overlap in that, too. Yeah. So I don't know. But, but that was more of a disaster on pain medicine. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> Being in recovery. Not someone who's managed it well. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I didn't go back and listen to those episodes, but I feel like we probably addressed all the stuff that we know about it. I tried to look up some better information to see if there was any any real merit to trying to tackle that again, and I couldn't find anything that was all that like mind-blowing or earth-shattering. It was like, be careful. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> so useful. So maybe check out those episodes if they don't feel like they cover specifically what you're looking for. Uh, let us know, Holly. Yeah, be a little more specific. We might be able to find a person to talk about it. Yeah, it is quite possible. Uh, just this morning, or it happened yesterday, but I just saw it this morning. We got a comment on YouTube on Tradition 5. And it's uh, that was the uh, each group has but one primary purpose to carry the message, so on and so forth. So uh, Donald said, without parallel is without equal. The lines in an equal sign are parallel. OK, uh, thank you, Donald. Be I don't disagree. Like, I think that is partially what it means, but not because of the equal sign. Yeah, uh... I guess I'm just like, what's that got to do? I think we said <laughs> something confused. in there about the the without parallel, I'm assuming. Mm. Um, and maybe we described it different, like there's nothing similar. But, yeah. I don't know. The interesting thing I found, because immediately when he said this, I, I searched Google to try to find information to prove him wrong, uh, <laughs> was that, you know, yes, without equal or without similar, but that doesn't necessarily mean good. Like, we generally accept that as like, oh, there's nothing as good as this. But that right. could also mean there's nothing as bad as this. Right. So I thought that was fascinating. Uh, we also, somebody reached out to us, Chelsea, and she said, I'm a huge fan of the show. I've wanted to reach out for a while now, but wasn't sure the best platform for communication. Uh, if anybody else feels that way, it's anywhere. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I'll respond. Um, came across your podcast through a Google search. Until listening to your podcast, I never capital never, considered use, utilizing meetings and working the steps. Listening to the show sparked an interest into looking into meetings. 
After attending a couple of meetings, I really found as if I had found my people. I still haven't found a sponsor or home group, but I attend meetings almost daily. This has been extremely helpful to my recovery, and to be honest, I would have never looked into meetings if it wasn't for discovering your podcast. Wow. Right? I was like, I was blown away for two reasons. One, what a compliment, right? And and it really warmed my heart that we, I do feel like from some of the feedback we get, we're helping, which yeah. is a great side goal, because honestly, the real goal is for us to have fun and chat with each other, but... <laughs> The other thing that kind of surprised me was like, I don't feel like that's what people would get out of me talking. Like, I don't think I sell meetings very well, personally. I'm me like, neither. Eh. I don't think you do either. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I thought, wow, must have been me. Yeah. She definitely must have been listening to you. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. Um, but no, that's cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. If you find something that works for you. Um, and we've had other people talk about their experience in meetings, you know, and some of those speakers have been really good. Yeah. Yeah, so I, that's awesome. Thank you, Chelsea. We really appreciate that. Uh, and now, because you guys listening have been so patient, <laughs> we will get on to the topic of patience. Maybe not. Maybe they hit the fast forward. But uh, they could have hit jump the ahead fast thirty forward. seconds. That's they what I do. Probably just <laughs> closed it out and listened to some other podcast. Um, so patience is defined as the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset, which is interesting because we were just talking about this before we even started. And like, I feel like I'm so confused about patience, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't even know what it means exactly. But the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Who the fuck accepts suffering? Do you? I don't um, accept suffering very well. Well, there's a level of suffering in everything that we do, but... There's a give and take, you know, that whole mm. philosophy of, you know, for every yeah, good, there's a bad deep. and every yin yang, you know, so. But I guess this idea without why without getting angry or upset, why can't I get angry or upset and still tolerate it and have that be patient? I, you can do those things. It's just not patience. Like the word patience is describing doing that without getting angry or upset like that's, <laughs> that's what that word means <laughs> so if you're not doing that you're doing something else you're being huh. tolerant and angry huh. <laughs> like, i don't know what the word is for tolerant and angry i guess i've just never i've never like to me patience is the practice of being able to wait i didn't know that there was specific conditions around that you yeah. can't get angry or upset and interestingly i you know, and looking into some of this and us just talking a little bit this morning, like I realized I don't know if I'm as patient as I think I am. What I'm good at is not reacting to my anger and frustration with, or <laughs> what I'm better at. I'm not good at it, but like, I'm, what I'm better at like, like outwardly. At, at work outwardly, right? Like with coworkers and stuff like that. But internally, I'm fucking screaming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I am stress <laughs> but i don't it's so i'm like huh i you know just because i act patient mm. doesn't mean i have patience <laughs> like well and that's an interesting yeah question to me is like is the patience the outward thing or is the patient what goes on inside of us i, I mean thinking about it a little more to me it's the it's, it, this is my thing it's mm. the internal it's like what huh. how do i feel inside that really matters because like in in the i'm gonna use neurosciencey way you know in the neurosciencey way like those are the things that are gonna 
you know, cause me more stress and anxiety and like internal issues being full of like anger and angst and frustration. Like that's where those health, bad health outcomes are going to come from. That's really interesting though, because I feel like most of our principles that we talk about practicing are just about kind of doing the right thing in action, no matter how it feels internally. So this one, I guess, is not that way. It's it's different. Yeah, wasn't that the old saying, like, bring the body, the mind will follow kind of thing? I mean, practice, uh, what is that? Uh, I feel like that is a bad Fake saying. it till you make it. Like, that, <laughs> that, to me, that's what that stuff always means. It's like, fake it till I make it means I just do it anyway, and then eventually I'll start to feel it. Like, once the practice, you know, is there, the feelings come later. I feel like that hasn't worked for you with patients. Um. <laughs> It's better. <laughs> you know, okay. It's it's better than it's it's ever been. And I read some stuff about uh patience comes with like compassion for others and a higher emotional awareness and more empathy for other people. Like those things when you're practicing those things, they will create, you know, patience. Hmm. But when are you supposed to do it? Like, how do you know? And maybe we should get into that later. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, uh, the Bible talks about patience in terms of long suffering. That's like the definition of it, according to the the ancient Latin and Roman and Greek yeah. and Hebrew and all those people. Uh, long suffering. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Who the yeah, fuck would want wanna, that? I don't want to be good at that. <laughs> That's what I want to be good at long is. suffering. That sounds terrible. Short suffering, maybe. <laughs> long suffering sounds pretty rough. <laughs> I guess it depends on the level of the suffering, but yeah. Uh, another connotation of this that I found was the ability to wait calmly in the face of frustration or adversity. And I, I just, I don't know this. One thing I will definitely be questioning throughout this whole episode is: Is this a choice? Is patience really a choice? Because I feel like your bodily response is mostly not in your control. For me, choice is maybe not the right word. Is it something that I can practice and get better at? Like, are there things that I can do that will help me mm. have more patience? And with that, I would say yes. Now, in the moment, I don't know that, like, I can't do nothing to get healthier and then go out and be like, yeah, I'm going to be patient as shit today. Like that's <laughs> not how that works. You know what I mean? So it's right. not a choice in that matter, but there are things that I can do for my own mental and spiritual health that are going to lead to patients being more readily available. I feel like our bodily and our nervous system responses, right? I, I feel like, uh, this is where I go with everything now since that polyvagal yeah. episode we did. I don't know that we have a whole lot of control over them. I do think there's practices like you're saying over time that can sort of shift them and some healing we can do to them. But it's almost like trying to control your bodily response to me is like saying, hey, if you uh, go ahead and take a razor and cut yourself every day, you'll get better at not bleeding. Right. I don't think that's going to work. And I, I feel like that bodily response is pretty similar. Like just putting yourself in the situation regularly is not necessarily going to make you react any different. Right. And for me, that's the benefit, blessing of recovery. It's like you learn these principles and you build certain 
principles and practices into your life. I mean, it gets sort of glossed over, I feel like, a lot. But like meditation, for example, like if you meditate a lot, you will have more patience. I think they've you actually. Think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So you know? <laughs> I, here's what I'm running into. I'm meditating every day, right? And I'm I'm getting it in and I feel like my practice is really good. And I'm like, cool, I can just fucking sit with not feeling good. I can sit with itching. I can sit with all kind of shit and not react. And I find that now when I'm put in situations that are going to be time consuming or, you know, what I'm thinking of is like you go somewhere and there's a long ass line for something. Right. I feel like I'm less likely to stand in that line now. And and I frame this, I, the story I tell myself is because I'm, you know, it's amazing uh, and the great practice for me. I'm like, well, through meditation, what I found is that I'm just don't want to. I'm not interested in waiting in line and whatever it is on the other end of that line isn't cool enough for me. And I'm totally willing to accept that and just walk away from it. But I don't know that that's true. It It could just be that I feel less patient and I don't know that that makes any goddamn sense. Yeah, I would put it to the former, like what you said you feel like it is so with for me with meditation emotional awareness uh connection to like my morals and values like i start to learn like what things are important to me standing in a three-hour ride for you know a three-hour line to right. ride a ride at an amusement park seems like a giant fucking waste of time you know <laughs> like that's just i have so many more things that i could be doing with that three hours of my life than right. getting that 18 seconds of thrill <laughs> And I don't know that that means I'm impatient. Like, it just means that's not where I want to spend that energy. I think mm -hmm. the idea that I have more patience is probably more prevalent in, I mean, we joked about it before this, about like work where I feel like I'm more patient now that I've ever been with people. I used to be, you know, one of those real short, kind of sarcastic intolerant people and now i'm way better at that i do still internally get a little bit route but not near what i used to like i mean i used to get angry and like flush and red and have to fucking walk out of the room before i you know wanted to cuss out a coworker for making like a stupid mistake and now i am way better at saying calm down take a minute you've made plenty of mistakes yourself take a deep breath focus on what we need to do to fix it let's move forward you know what I mean? So there's some skills that I've learned that promote more of an attitude of patience. And then I do get a little riled up, but it's way shorter and way less intense. So tell me this. Is there a difference? Like when I picture patience, right? And I picture this definition, capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering. I guess that kind of answers my question, but I'm asking anyway. Am I patient? If I'm, I'm, I'm patient if I'm waiting for an outcome that I want, right? Oh, okay, I can delay until this outcome gets here. Is it still patience if I'm accepting that the outcome is never coming? So, like, <laughs> I like uh, organization and, and, you know, things to be not cluttered. And, like, what I've had to come to in my house with, with my kids and everything is, like, that's just not going to fucking happen. So... I feel like I've gotten better with tolerating that, you know, it's just going to look how it looks. People leave shit everywhere. It is what it is. But I don't ever actually anticipate it changing. So it's not like I'm like, I'm not waiting for an outcome anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm just accepting that this is what it is. Is that still patience? 
No. Well, you, like you said, that would be tolerance. You're tolerating it. It's not. You're not. But I feel like the definition that says the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering. So, like, I, I'm tolerating and accepting suffering there. Like, it does bother me still, but I'm okay with it, even though I know it'll never change. I've never thought of patience as, like, waiting for nothing. I've always thought that there was a certain yeah, thing Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it. I feel... Well... Yeah. And I, I mean, a lot of these are just words used to describe attitudes. So which specific one fits there or whether it encompasses all of them is kind of hard. to. I mean, me personally, I would say that's tolerance. That's just how I would categorize that. Like, could it be patience is required for tolerance? I mean, I, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just interesting to me. I've always thought that that part of patience was that there was an intended outcome at the end that you would eventually get, but I'm starting to wonder if not. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it is just the ability to wait for nothing. Yeah, and I, I always think of patience as more in the immediate, in the now. Like, you know, patience is something that I need in the moment that I'm aware that something isn't happening. You know what I mean? Like, that's patience isn't that setting up an expectation though that that it will happen one day to have patience is almost if we're saying that patience is uh determined and only applicable if we're waiting for a specific thing to happen then we're kind of setting up an expectation of life that at some point it is going to give us this certain thing maybe well i try to think of like impatience like in traffic and somebody cuts me off or whatever like or, or somebody wants to get over. You know, there's people that, like, fly down. The, you know the lane's merging in, but they fly down the lane and then want to cut in uh-huh. front of you. Like, and I don't want to ever let them in because I'm like, oh, that asshole, you know. <laughs> they got to be patient like me. <laughs> you know? like, I, that's just what I was thinking of there. So I don't know that I'm looking for an outcome. But that challenges me to think, was well, that really impatience? Or is that something in me that feels like my ego is being challenged or I'm being disrespected? That might or be more they, of that. It might be less. Are impatient. they the dark mirror of what you really want to do? And it just bothers you that they can get away with it. Yeah. When you're that, trying to well, that's probably partially true as well. <laughs> so the word comes from, uh, at least the modern word, comes from Latin, which relates to the quality of suffering or enduring. And that doesn't really speak to any specific outcome. Like you could uh, get your leg chopped off in a battle and you know fighting for rome or something and you would have to endure yeah you would have to be patient even though your leg's not going to grow back or anything yeah that's weird and we talked about patience in relation to step seven because this is will be july and the seventh step and uh this is humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Yeah, we skipped humility. Fine. Yeah. It's too easy. Yeah. Humility is <laughs> fun to talk we've about. We've already mastered humility. Yeah. <laughs> can tell when we started a podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's... We're so humble over here. <laughs> but uh, no, I liked patience because it was tougher. to. I, I felt like it was harder to talk about patience than it was to talk about humility. There's lots of information about humility, I feel like. Is there? I I think so. I don't yeah. even know what the fuck humility is. Half the time. <laughs> I argue with people all the time. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, or it's just a realistic. I don't know. We'll get into that yeah. when we do humility yeah. next well, year. Maybe we should have done humility too. <laughs> we'll do a part, we will. step seven, part two. But in that, like, I think back to the the 
you know, I think of our literature and the readings in the basic text, and it's kind of in six, but it transfers over into seven, too. It's like we get to this place where we are aware of our defects. We're aware that we're doing all these things, and we just want to will them away. Like, mm. we just we just think, all right, well, now I'm just going to stop. And we don't just stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? We usually right. keep going. And it's the awareness over time of the harm that we're causing that brings about the ability for change. You Ooh. Know, it's, Is that how people without God do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some real stuff happening there, not no. just the magic guy snapping his fingers. And I it's thought we were away. just waiting for <laughs> Sky Daddy to find <laughs> yeah. the right time to take it right. away from us. Tap me with his wand when right. I'm sleeping and I wake up the next day and I'm patient and tolerant and kind. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, there's, interestingly, I mean, you know, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Like the, the things that I have been given about step seven are like, you know, you don't get to choose the right time to remove your defects and you don't get to decide to what level they're removed. And, and basically it is like a waiting game of like, don't judge God for when he chooses to remove them or not remove them yet. Or, and I'm like, why can't I be angry that he hasn't taken this shit that I don't <laughs> right. like? like? That's frustrating. <laughs> right. Take this shit. I already told you I don't want it. Yeah. That's, and again, for me being someone who struggles with that God stuff, I've had to kind of find ways to look at this that work for me you know i can't speak for how anybody else does it maybe their sky daddy does poof their stuff away <laughs> i don't it just for me it was a process of the awareness of the harm that i was causing and the impact that it had on people around me brought about a motivation to change i feel like uh like w what would be the goal of god letting you continue to suffer with some defect that is harming you and people around you like nope nope you need it for two more years billy you can't get rid of that <laughs> shit yet there's a purpose for this like what purpose yeah right like why do i need to keep hurting my family <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it doesn't it doesn't fit i yeah. don't get it but yeah that is what i feel like i've been told about step seven is we don't get to choose when they get removed and i i don't I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't get it. Yeah, not through that part. I mean, again, for me, it's the other part of that is I learn the principles to practice in place of those defects through the program. Like for me, that's where they came from. I guess from other people, they come from God. But for me, they came from the program and learning about other principles. Oh, I can have empathy. I can have compassion. I can have, you know, humility or I can try to apply those things. And that leads me to a place of having patience and tolerance and love towards other people like by learning about and beginning to practice some of these other principles they lead me you know to they give me ability to practice new principles in place of my old character defects which are anger resentment you know what if we said instead of using the word character defect like our our 12-step program calls them what if we called them defense mechanisms or coping mechanisms right not not necessarily good ones like right. maladaptive ones that don't really produce outcomes we like but what if we looked at them like that because i feel like what what i found for me in step seven was this you know people always present the the tissue box idea like you you pull out one character defect and the next one pops up in its place right like stop drugs now i'm gambling stop gambling now i'm masturbating stop masturbating now i'm buying shit on amazon right like <laughs> right. 
there's always the next thing. Stop buying shit on Amazon. Now I'm watching fucking binge watching Netflix or something. So for me, the goal stopped becoming to work on any specific character defect. Like it seemed fucking pointless because I'd pray it would be removed. I'd have like this two week euphoric period where I just felt like I was holy and floating. Right. (laughs) And then I'd be doing something else that I'm like, well, that's not working. So I started trying to, in my mind, it was like, I need to address the thing underneath of all that instead of continuing to deal with these things. Now, granted over time, as I pulled the tissues out, it did seem like the behavior got less impactful and unmanageable on my life right like it was a lot worse when i was like homeless and shooting drugs <laughs> than it was when i was just spending more of my money than i wanted to on bullshit on amazon like surgical tape to tape my mouth shut at night <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a whole nother story guys don't worry about it uh but it, even though that hap- even though they're less impactful and less harmful i still didn't want to just keep being on that merry-go-round and for me the answer was then let me try to address the reason why I'm doing that, which the closest I can come to to figuring that out is like, I don't like myself. Like I still feel certain ways in my body in reaction to situations because of the way I feel about me usually. So how to describe that? Like, like if you were to say, Jason, you're gay, I'd be like, okay. Like I, I don't have any bodily reaction to that because to me, being gay is not being wrong or less than or bad in any way. And also I don't particularly have an attraction to penises or anything. Like it just doesn't do anything for, I'm not worried about it. Right. Right. Like nobody has ever, that's not true. I I used to be worried about it. I was going to say that. Yeah. used used to be a fear when I was younger. Right. Cause I didn't feel manly enough or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, I must be gay. And in the Mm eighties that was terrible. Right. Uh, You think you've mentioned that before. Like that's a big bad thing. But it doesn't bother me today because it just doesn't hurt me anymore, I guess. It doesn't touch any buttons that I have. I guess that button's been fixed. But if you said, in any seriousness, God, Jason, you're kind of fucking stupid. That would hurt my fucking feelings (laughs) quick, right? I'd be like, what? Because I still carry a wound or a concern of not being smart Mm. enough. And so to me, it's like if I can heal the stuff in me that has a reaction... I don't have the reactions anymore and I don't need these, what we call character defects. What I'm trying to say are defense mechanisms or coping mechanisms. I don't need them anymore. And so does that change the idea? I know that was a long rant. Does that change the idea of patience? Like, is it less about practicing any certain thing and more about fixing what's underneath of me? Sort of. So I get where you're going kind of because I, when I was looking into uh, Buddhism, I felt like that was sort of going to the same place. It's it's almost like, well, if I just don't have emotional connection or emotional reaction to anything, then I'm good. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, I'm just a robot. Then I'm, then I'm fine. Like, I'm not going to get angry at people. My family's not going to annoy me. I just need to not care about them. Like, you know, yeah, and I was like... That. Well, that sounds wrong. (laughs) And so I felt like that was wrong. So that was the wrong way to look at it. The truth is we are human beings with feelings and emotions, and we don't necessarily get to dictate what they are. The feelings and emotions kind of come. You know what I mean? They just – they happen. Life is not 
predictable. If we could lay out every day, we knew exactly what was going to happen for every minute. We could prepare for the struggles that are going to come. If we saw them 15, 20 minutes ahead of time, we could get ready. But that's not how life works. And anytime new situations or new stuff comes up or an issue I wasn't even thinking about happens, I don't have a ready coping skill to cope with that thing. So for me, that's what the defects coming up over and over the tissue box thing more applied to that than it did to, oh, I am always going to be doing something to tear up my life. Like, because that hasn't been my experience. I got clean and got off drugs and I haven't gambled or sex or spent money or it just I haven't and I did a lot of those things before I got clean but when I got clean like I felt the process of recovery addressed those inner things that you're talking about like that's what I got out of doing step work so my experience there was a little different like I immediately went to working on like something's fucking wrong with me. Like I understood early on, like drugs were my coping mechanism for life because I hated myself, you know? And so the work that I did kind of started there. Um, Now though, the work that I try to continue to do on myself is, all right, what situations come up in my life where I react in ways that I don't like? What situations are happening that, you know, like I don't like the person that I am when those situations arise? I would totally disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> only only because like, okay, so maybe it's not the gambling or the masturbation or, or the, the shopping, right? But I think we all have these ways of distracting ourselves from what's whatever it is that's underneath. Um, so I, you know. One well, I have the, obsessions or compulsions, yeah. Those right. I mean, I, you know, right. it, the first thing that comes to mind for, for, for you, and I'm not trying to criticize oh, you or sorry. anything, but mm-hmm. I think like workaholic or anxiety, like to me. I know we don't think of anxiety in the same way as like a, a gambling or, or something like that, but I, I think these things come up because they're our way to tolerate the situation. So almost like our reaction, we just get comfortable with it. Like we get comfortable with anxiety or we get comfortable with constantly being on the move or or not being on the move. Like mine is more not doing anything. I'm like, I'll just sit here and play a video game or play on my phone. Right. And that's, but though that's where the awareness comes in. So without having awareness, like I wouldn't, I didn't necessarily recognize like, oh, this is workaholism. Like this is what this is. But once there's awareness, now I'm like, oh, this is what this is. Now I need to begin to do some things. So like for anxiety, for example, like I have begun to change some things in my life, you know, exercise, meditation, a lot of those things came out of like, I am what I would have called emotionally unstable, like I'm very reactive to life. But I guess, up until I understood what it was or recognized what it was, I wasn't sure the process to fix it. Hmm. Um, which again, that's to me is like if you were gonna try to use in the God language of steps like that is six and seven playing out. Like I know there's something wrong, but I don't know what it is, so I can't have it removed if I don't know what it is. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together. Members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, 
harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I guess when I think about myself today and I can't completely put my finger on what my defense mechanism or coping mechanism is, what I think about is the idea of going to a silent retreat, right? Because I, I'm, I love the idea of going to a silent retreat, but I am like fucking terrified of it. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. lie because I'm like, you sounds mean, intimidating. You mean no phone? <laughs> you mean I can't talk to anybody or text anybody? And I don't even text people all that much, but like <laughs> there won't be none of my family around. Like there's something really vulnerable about that for me. And so to me, I'm like, the fact that I am scared of that tells me that I have things I do. Mm-hmm. I just don't exactly know yeah. how to put my finger on them, right? I did for the first time the other day. I was having like an emotional experience and I I awarely and actively saw myself eating sweet food and I did it purposefully. I was like, oh, I know why I'm doing it. Like I did it with <laughs> the awareness of knowing exactly why I was doing it and that right. was kind of fascinating too. Yeah. I feel like that was a change in relationship. Instead of doing it unconsciously, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally know why I'm doing this. I still ate it, but it <laughs> <Right>. was like, <laughs> right. I know what's going on here. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's, uh, I feel like um, maybe I took us way off the line of patience with that one. But I guess my, my point is, from my understanding, I don't know how much control we have over the practice of these principles that we say, you just need to practice them and get better with them. And I'm like, I don't know that our body is capable of that when it is reacting from a survival state, which is what I think is happening more often than not. Honestly. Yeah. And <laughs> I agree with you, you know, to again to to a point like that's I think right. Like I, I can't just go out of here and be like, Yeah, I read about patience, I know what it is. Now I'm just gonna go have patience. Like it I don't think it works like that. Um it it comes from like I need to be in a healthier emotional place. I need to be in a healthier, like internal, what I'll call spiritual place. You know, just things like I'm one of those people that like Snickers diva commercial. Like, have you seen that where the guys hunger? Like, you need a Snickers, and they hand him a. Right. That's me all the way. Like, I get really sort of nasty if I don't eat. So even not eating can trigger me to have more or less patience or tolerance for other people so there's lots of things that drive that i guess where i look at what i can do about it is have some healthy spiritual practices try to work on my emotional awareness try to work on my you know hey when i say things a certain way to people they tend to look at me a little funny or start yelling back at me maybe that's not the best way to say those things or or maybe i need to be a little more sensitive about my language i mean 
I'm sure you can relate to hearing people say, especially in this area, like slurs or slangs or insulting things to people, and they don't even realize what they're saying is mm. insulting. Frequently. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's it's that. Like, I need to work on myself to be aware. Like, oh, that is not the polite or proper way to say those things. Like, practicing those types of things helps me have more patience and tolerance of others. I've always thought of those Snickers commercials as pretty entertaining. And I just realized when you said that, I'm like, they're kind of fucked up. Like, they always portray that the person is uh, a, a woman <laughs> or <laughs> an old person. <laughs> yeah. I'm like they're they're right. sexist and ageist, <laughs> right. and then when they you know when they're their real self, they're a guy. They're they're a white guy at that. Oh, yeah. They're a guy again. <laughs> like no, guys are terrible with patience. <laughs> for the worst. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess that's just fast. Like so, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I feel like we're saying it two slightly different ways, but the same idea, right? It's it's this nervous system survival response that we don't have control over once it starts. Right. There's no way for our frontal lobe to communicate to the the survival part of the brain anymore, the limbic area. And so really the goal of increasing our ability to apply any of these things in those moments when they hit is really doing some kind of work on ourselves in the moments when they're not there and we are in a calm state to like reprogram our belief systems if you're doing CBT. Or reprogram just our reactionary response, right? Finding ways to calm that nervous system in those type of situations, which I can't swear I know exactly how to do all the time, right? Like there's a lot of different practices that can assist with that. And it's probably different for each person. I mean, you as a Mm -hmm. therapist probably know based on what their trauma or experience is and where they're coming from and what their issues are. I feel like this is going to take us even further out in left field, but (laughs) I got to say it. So. I heard some at one point that uh, feeling follows thought, and I tried to argue that that's not true. Like, feelings just happen, but there's some credence to it, right, which is where cognitive behavioral therapy comes from. Like, if you believe a certain thing, then you feel a certain way about it, and I, this is a terrible analogy. I wish I had a better one, but I'll give you this one. Your wife cheats on you, right? If you believe that marriages are supposed to be just two people eternally for the rest of your life, that hurts you. If you believe instead that marriages are just supposed to be like a place where we share our finances and, you know, we still go out and have fun in whatever way we see fit and you don't feel any kind of way about some sexual commitment or ownership or however we look at our marriages, right? Like, then you probably don't really give a fuck that your wife slept with some dude. Like, it doesn't mean anything to you because you have a different belief. And so I feel like what we believe can impact, for sure, how we feel in response to an event. That's a terrible one. I know nobody's going to buy into that. Yeah. Well, I follow you. But then, of course, what I think is that's, I mean, I would say, yeah, that's true. But isn't also like physical conditioning, like say, like not eating or not sleeping, like my reaction to that same situation could be completely different if I'm on three hours of sleep or a healthy night of eight hours no of sleep. So there is some of both, I yeah. guess. There's both of those things. Yeah. The holistic. other thing, and this is, again, why I believe meditation is good for me, is that I am in inherently an impulsive emotional reactor you know what i mean so if what does there inherently is inherently mean <laughs> is it in your dna or yeah like i believe oh, that's yeah. that's 
my that's in my wiring. Okay. And your programming. Uh, I yeah, that. in my in my programming. It. And things like meditation help to slow that process down. That that practice helps me with the awareness of the thought, you know, that precedes the action. For the most of my life, I'm just aware of the action. I'm not even aware of the thought behind it. I've already reacted right. before the thoughts in my conscious brain, you know. And through meditation, I'm trying to separate that distance a little bit so that I have an awareness like, oh, what's going on here? Why do I feel this way? Why is my, you know, heart rate going up and I'm getting all angry? Like, what the fuck is going on? Hmm. Um, so that I can identify that thought before that action. So I, I 100% agree, like, taking care of our physical selves absolutely because if not it impacts everything else like the this system is all tied in together less sleep less food less water Even healthy diet yeah you know. all that is totally going to impact your reaction um one of the things that i try to do in my meditation and and you know my meditation teacher i feel like he does really well and of course i'm not around him every day so maybe not maybe he's a dick to his kids who knows <laughs> right <laughs> It's this practice of like expanding what they call the window of tolerance. And so it's like you have this window of tolerance where there are emotional states that your body feels like it can tolerate. And anything outside that window of tolerance is like a, a trauma response, basically. It's like you're putting yourself in a situation that your body just can't tolerate. And so it's slowly over time we're trying to increase the, the width and the length and all that, the dimensions of this window of tolerance to be able to accept more. Like before I started meditating, if you said don't scratch your itch, I'd be like, you're out of your fucking mind. It itches, <laughs> I have to. It right now. <laughs> right, I have no choice not to as I scratch it, yes. But it's that practice of like, can I expand this ability to sit with this feeling that is uncomfortable, right? And maybe it's only 10 seconds the first time and then I gotta scratch it. And then maybe it's 20 seconds the next time. But it's like conditioning myself to be better able for my body to tolerate. And, and an itch is a very physical sensation. But emotionally, too, can I sit in this moment and not respond? And I'm not trying to force myself outside the window. I'm not trying to be like, I'm going to sit here for 20 minutes with this fucking pain inside, right? Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can do it for 30 seconds. And then maybe I got to react after that. And then maybe the next time it's a little, it's just slowly increasing our ability to to tolerate those feelings and experiences. And I think that is a, a big part of that possible practicing of patience that we're talking right. about. Yeah. It's like a breeding ground for, for building that skill. Yeah. One of the things I was always told, try to get us back on topic here a little bit. Um, one of the things I was always told is that if you pray for patience, you don't actually get patience. You get situations that allow you to practice it, <laughs> which I always thought, well, that's fucking useless, <laughs> right? I don't know. What, you ever heard that one? I, I've heard that. And so what I always say to that is, again, it, it, praying for it doesn't make some magical awareness out of nowhere. What it does, it begins to make you aware of this idea of patience and that you could benefit from it in your life you know what i mean if i never eat ice cream i don't know what i'm missing out on you know what i mean right. but if i become aware like oh there's this thing called patience and if i practice that i probably wouldn't be so angry in all these situations you just become aware of the situations where patience would benefit you hmm. i don't think more of them happen right 
Right, right, right. If you buy a, a, a new car model in a certain color, you will now see that car model in right. a certain it's color just, way more often. Psychological practice. Yeah, it's a psychological practice where you're just, you've now become aware of all these situations where your impatience is causing issues in your life. Well, and, and we'll get to the list of like possible things you can do to practice patience, supposedly. Um, and one of them is this reframing idea, right? So often we go in this situation, you know, where we're on step seven, we know we're an impatient person and we're like, man, I'm, I'm praying for patience, God, I want to be more patient, right? And now we come to a long wait uh, for something, a long line. And whereas before we'd have been like, ah, the whole time we're in line, this fucking sucks, Billy. I don't want to wait in this goddamn line. Jesus, why do we got to wait 30 minutes for a goddamn <laughs> burger from Texas Roadhouse? It's so stupid. But now... The reframing can be, oh, man, Billy, you know, I, I really don't like this, the fact that we got to wait this 30 minutes for food, but I am trying to work on my patience, so this gives me an opportunity to do that. That feels a lot different, right? When we yeah. reframe it, it's like, oh, well, this could be a positive thing, right? Or maybe, maybe I can tell myself, hey, when I encounter these situations where I feel impatient, that's like my my notification or my alarm bell on my phone going off and reminding me, oh, hey, you didn't pray today. Well, now I've taken a situation that usually inspires me to be angry, and now it's a representation of something that reminds me to pray, which is pretty positive if I yeah. want to pray. So it's like that reframing idea can be really useful in practicing patience, just giving ourselves a new look at the situation. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I guess in the, the burger analogy story there what I, immediately what i think is there are two different responses both of which i think exhibit patience one is saying oh okay i think i want to wait in this line and wait the 30 minutes and have the practice and see if i can be patient the other one is to go hmm i don't think i want to have a burger today you know or not that i want to have it today because that's something different but saying oh I don't think I want to wait in this line to have a burger. I'll just forego that outcome that I wanted and I'll go have something else instead because the benefits not there to wait in this line for 30 minutes. Is that still patience? I think so. So if that's patience, then I say that me waiting around not for my family to ever pick up after themselves is also patience because I'm not, I'm not waiting on a specific outcome anymore. Like you're not waiting specifically for that burger anymore. You're deciding, eh, I'm going to suffer and eat something else or eat the second best thing I wanted. Like, yeah, but I'm well, never going to get burger that burger thing. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get it today. Right. You can get it later, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it just won't be today. I waited 45 minutes for a burger at Texas for house yesterday, <laughs> which is where that scenario came from. Wow. Um, I know. Were well, you was, patient? Uh, mostly, yeah. mostly. So it, we went in and it was 45 minutes to be seated. And I was like, no fucking way. We're leaving. We'll order it to go. And then we went to order to go. And had they told me it was 45 <laughs> minutes first, I probably wouldn't have ordered at all. Right. But they told me that after we put the order in. I was mm. like, all right, I guess we're waiting. So wow. we did. Us and three kids, we waited for a burger in a parking lot. It was it was all right. Though. But See, then they gave it to us, and they forgot to give my wife a fucking fork with her salad. And uh, it wasn't all that hot. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't that great. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, I think of the kids. I'm like, oh, how do they tolerate that? Yeah. Uh, they... Drove us fucking crazy. That's what <laughs> they did. Right. They know how to. I would tolerate. be more intolerant of my kids than I would of the way. Oh, absolutely, for the food. <laughs> absolutely. That's that where was. I lacked the patience. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of that, but it worked out. <laughs> um, 
And then we got ice cream. They didn't have fucking hot fudge. I'm sorry. I'm just bitching. <laughs> they didn't have hot fudge at the ice cream place on a Sunday. They were going to put Hershey syrup on it. I was like, no, no, cannot Oof. do that. Yeah, yeah, that's not a Sunday. Fuck that. Anyway, um, I guess I'll be patient until I get a, a real Sunday from somewhere <laughs> right. else. So they have found that serotonin level is linked to increased patience because it activates areas of the brain that influence the ability to be patient, but only when there is a high expectation or confidence that being patient will lead to future rewards. So you can't just introduce serotonin into somebody's brain and solve the problem of patience because if their history says that the situation they're going to be patient in doesn't pay off for them, it doesn't change anything whatsoever. So if you wanted to try to break that down a little bit, we won't sit still and do nothing if we don't think that we'll feel better at the right. end of that doing nothing. Um, and you, you want need to, to feel like there's a benefit or a reward to that right. suffering. Right. To the, so To the long suffering. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if I was thinking like, oh, this situation with my wife sucks, right, I'll just sit here and wait for it to get better. But if I don't, if nothing in my history says that this gets better, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. But also, if I don't have the serotonin, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. And this right. it was kind of interesting for me because I feel like depression runs rampant in people who choose to use drugs. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that is one of, I don't know this, I don't have any statistics, but I feel like depression is underlying in quite a few people, if not the majority of people, who end up picking up drugs as a solution because it really provides the chemicals we're missing um and so that almost like takes the subset of people in recovery and says you're going to be especially shitty at <laughs> right. and i'm like damn that's not right. fair Your brain chemistry is even working against you right but uh, and so if you think about that and you know if you huh. people in recovery who can't put off that impulsive urge to use especially early on but we turn that around and shame ourselves and shame each other about yeah. the fact that you can't just hold out. And I'm like, man, there's like brain chemicals in this. Yeah. And we're fucking blaming people's moral ability or whatever. And I'm like, that's shitty. Well, and I, of course, was thinking, you know, I wonder if that low serotonin is why we run to drugs in the first place. Like, I don't yeah. have the ability to wait this shit out <laughs> like right. i need something now you right. know i need to fix yeah so i mean that's really interesting that like uh another reason for if you feel like you are not patient early in recovery maybe it's a good idea to go talk to a professional about that like maybe there is some things that could help you medicinally or therapeutically that could assist you with you know increasing serotonin levels or or, or life satisfaction to begin with um Another thing they found is that people's patience is correlated to how long they expect to wait. So a fast food chain uh, decided they were going to switch up how they made and prepared their burgers, and they didn't tell anybody. So they were just like testing this out in a test market. And because they were going from frozen patties to fresh patties, it took an extra 60 seconds to prepare. And people who were waiting for that were pissed. <laughs> we're like, this is bullshit. You, your wait times have gone up. We're waiting too long for our food. So then they tested it out in another market where they explained to them that there would be an extra wait if they wanted this type of fresh patty instead of frozen. 
And people were totally fine with it huh. and felt like they worked out better for them. They're like, oh, great. I'm waiting for something that matters to me. That's why you see the signs every there to your wait time is X amount of minutes. <laughs> yeah. So the, the expectation um, of how long something will take affects our ability to be patient with it, which ties into something you mentioned before we started this, that technology is rewiring our brains for how long we're willing to wait because we are getting used to this idea of not having to wait. So if you picture back in, in you know, ancient times when you and I had to have dial-up internet. Yeah. <laughs> like Dial-up internet. Oh, my God, right? It took forever just to connect, <laughs> yeah, much right. less to get to any website. Um, you had to download a song. You had to start it and leave. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Go do Let me set these else. up overnight. <laughs> right. I'll let my computer run. Yeah, and now you can download whole movies and right. audiobooks. Minutes. And se- right, minutes, yeah. seconds sometimes. Um, but because of that, it's fucking us up for how long we're willing to wait. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of having like being in a, a low service area and having spotty or slow connection. Oh, yeah. That's worse than having no connection right? <laughs> right? because I'm used to it going fast, right? I'm used to having this information. Mm. I, people who grew up in the technology age are really kind of getting fucked over by this. Like I, we had to wait, like if you wanted to know something, you had to go to the library and find an encyclopedia, and yeah. I never did that shit. Or, like, we had just... to mail order stuff. Yeah. You know? Now, like, if I order something on Amazon, if that shit's two days, I'm like, I gotta wait till Friday? Like, are you fucking kidding? Like, <laughs> I expect this, like, tomorrow. Right. I don't wait three days, and it doesn't matter if I need it in three days or right. not. I just want it now. Yes. Yes. And so... Yeah, technology is fucking up our ability to be patient. So I guess the next generation of people in recovery are going to have even more trouble practicing. And I this. guess that's just from this idea of the expectation. Like we yeah. just expect things to be yeah. fast and quick, and so that sets us up for less patience. Well, it's. Hmm. I mean, we say expectation as if I don't know. To me, expectation feels like it's something we're actively doing, but it's just really the fact that like. You have an, a generalized idea of how long something is worth waiting for in your body. Hmm. And when it takes longer than that, it's like, fuck this. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Basically. I mean, that's a layman's terms, I guess. But I guess if I expected or could reprogram myself to be like, yeah, when you go to amusement parks, you wait for three hours. It's just how it is. Maybe I'd be better <laughs> with it. But yeah. I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> what about TV series where you had to wait for the week? the whole week till the next episode to come out here's what's crazy i never felt like that was a problem but now i will wait till the entire season is done before yeah. i'll watch something. oh yeah i'm like i'm not fucking waiting i'll just <laughs> right. wait till they're all out and then i'll watch them all yeah that's crazy to me but yeah. that is yeah that's exactly how it's rewiring huh. our brains to yeah we recently started watching a series where that happened there was like four which we didn't realize this when we started Stranger we just saw things? this series no, we oh. just uh, this was Halo on Paramount. Anyway, we started watching it. There was, and I just thought, oh, everywhere now releases the whole season. You don't know that fucking thing. We got like three episodes in. They're like, that was it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> How the what the fuck? And they had to wait till the next week until the next episode. I'm like, oh, it comes out on Mondays. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's See, terrible. we'll wait. So, uh, like Kenobi, we were gonna watch Kenobi as a family, and uh. We're like, yeah, we'll wait till episode five's out before we even bother starting. <laughs> right. Like, I know there's six. We don't want to get to yeah. it. I don't want to wait. Fuck wait. Funny. Um, another idea that I don't think we talk about ever. I have never heard this in recovery. Being patient isn't always best. Mm. 
Like, I, nobody's ever said that to me. It's always, you know, kind of like all these other principles. Always be honest, right? Always be patient. Like, nobody says that that's not always the right spiritual principle to apply in yeah. a situation. But, you know, if you think about that, like, just recently they had that crash of, like, the crypto market or whatever. Am I saying that right? Is it the, the cryptocurrency? I believe so, yeah. Crashed? Yeah, yeah so, I'm sorry. You looked at me crazy. I'm oh, like, yeah. Maybe I had the wrong one. I don't know. I wasn't sure where you were going. Oh, that's all. Well, well <laughs> so... If those people, when it started going downhill, would have said, oh, I'm out. I'm not patient with this, right? They would have gotten a lot of their money back. Hmm. But if they were patient, oh, it'll rebound. It'll be okay. I'll just wait it out. <laughs> They're fucking broke now. Like, we talked to the, the gambling guy, and, like, he was saying, like, people are calling. They just lost their entire life savings and shit. And I'm like, fuck, that's from being patient. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like some gambling neuroscience shit I don't understand. <laughs> Because don't gamblers do that a lot? Like you're playing long. Uh, I don't know. That's yeah. but I know what you mean. It's patience. And I read something similar where they said like patience isn't always the best, or it doesn't necessarily mean that you allow people to like walk all over you right. or take advantage of you. Like say at your job, if you're a supervisor, you know, having patience with someone doesn't mean you just repeatedly tolerate mistakes. Like you still need to have like healthy boundaries and healthy you know, expectations, you know, if you're at a job, like to say, hey, this is wrong. For me, I think where patience applies is that I don't immediately react in a really negative way towards that person, you know, when they do something wrong. But it doesn't mean they got to keep their job forever. <laughs> like They still might need fired. <laughs> right. Well, I was thinking about that, like the idea that the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Which, you know, if you're not from... 1920 uh the, <laughs> basically the idea that you know the closed mouth doesn't get fed right if you, you gotta speak up for what you need in life at times and when it's the right thing to do so i was picturing like some of the jobs i've been at where i was like oh yeah the boss is gonna recognize the hard work i'm putting in and offer me a raise and stuff like that and why that's not to his <laughs> advantage at all right his advantage is making more money off of me as possible so like i being patient there doesn't really serve me. And then I thought of like, uh, you know, anybody that is a person of color, what if they would have been like, ah, we'll just, we'll just suffer a little longer and delay, you know, this situation. White people will eventually figure out that we deserve equal rights. Like that was not going to happen. Right. right. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like we espouse this idea of patience and it can so readily be used against people who are willing to say, no, I'm not going to fucking tolerate this. I'm not going to tolerate this situation. And I don't know. That's just fascinating to me. It's almost like these spiritual principles could kind of be used to keep us in check if we wanted to have a conspiracy theory about it. Yeah, or just an awareness of when to use which one. You know, what is the right tool to have in which situation? You know, how do you know just that? they don't. That's where understanding and practicing of them comes in this, you know, sort of reading and writing and, and knowing like, okay, when is a good time to be patient? When is a time where I need to, you know, be righteous and stand up for my values right. and understanding the difference between those two and which ones apply in which situation? I but mean, I, it, I feel like that's where this gets so tricky, right? Because to me, that's going to vary person to person. Right. It's it not going to be like a universal 100%. thing. And yet in our recovery environment or community i feel like we will judge these ideas based on some 
universal understanding of how they work, right? Like we could easily, I could picture a situation where somebody speaks up for something in a group. So uh, you weren't here. We had the, you had to go to your son's uh, all-star game or playoff game. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. And we had the holistic rehab uh, gentleman on Chris. And he was talking about, he's a part of an AA group around here where they like speak to him in ways that are not okay in 2022. (laughs) They call him some names and shit, and and you know he's like the the I can't repeat any of that. It's just not in <laughs> me. But he's the gay guy that you know brings desserts and stuff, mm. and they call him some pretty derogatory terms around mm. that. And so it's crazy, right? But I could see, and maybe this is a little extreme, but I could see other situations that are different where because the majority or, or the people in that environment all look at a situation one way they're going to judge and exclude the person who decides it's a good time for their body to be righteous instead of being patient. And it's like, that's kind of fucked up because I, even if, I guess if we all understood it was a personal decision and respected and been like, Oh yeah, you know that I get it. It's not what I would do in that situation. I think I'd be patient, but I totally understand they're not, but I don't think that's the understanding we have as a community of spiritual principles. I think we're like, no, he needs to be patient. Or she needs to be patient. Possible. I mean, so that hasn't necessarily been my understanding, but I I would probably agree in general. We talk about these things as if they're like all encompassing. They should always be used in every situation. And that's not the case. Right. Um, I I frequently use the analogy like these are tools that I have in my toolbox and knowing which tool is right for which job is my responsibility. That's according to me and my values and my morals and what I think is right and then learning like this is the right time for this one that's the right time for that one um almost like you said with coping skills like these are coping skills for dealing with life situations and there are times where patience is going to benefit me a lot more than righteousness and there are times where righteousness is going to benefit me a lot more than patience and I'm once that hard one experience is only going to help me figure out you know which one is which or which one to use in which situation you definitely need a screwdriver and some pliers you can't just be always getting hammered they all start with all right so what do you do to increase patience uh one thing increase serotonin we we know that's an actual scientific thing that can help (laughs) um so yeah so maybe you need a medication to help you with that or some other solution or, or way to increase serotonin exercise is a way to increase that um Imagination. This one caught me off guard, but imagination uh, is linked to patience. So if you can imagine better outcomes by waiting and worse outcomes by not waiting, you will actually increase your ability to be patient in situations. They've done research on this. So if you're in a situation, uh, say you are, you do encounter that half hour line for a burger, right? The way to increase your patience would be to imagine that the burger is going to be really tasty. It's going to be totally worth the wait. It's all going to play out well. And not waiting is going to take you to some other place that's going to be shitty food or, you know, or or imagining, hey, if I'm not patient, I'm going to be a jerk to my kids, which (laughs) I don't like the outcome of the way I feel. So, yeah. Imagination. Imagine, yeah. SpongeBob had it. Um. And then, you know, we talked about it uh, earlier, the idea of reframing, right? Changing the plan from being this sucks that I have to wait to 
oh, hey, I have this opportunity to do this thing that I've really been wanting to get better at. That's cool. Right? Yeah, and uh, recovery's helped me with that in the aspect of not looking so much for specific outcomes in situations. I think that helps with, you know, I mean, obviously, if I'm driving to the airport, I expect to take a plane. That's a little different, but it's or like, blow it up. Right? One of the two. <laughs> but it's like when we show up here to do the podcast, like a lot of times, you know, I don't come in with a bunch of expectations that this is going to happen at this time and will be done by this time. It's kind of general and I don't need to worry so much about the outcomes and I can just let things be. Um, that helps with my patience. Yeah. Yeah. I had to like, let go of like, everybody's going to love our podcast and just listen and I'll be patient now and wait for them to find us. All right. So uh, I don't know. I did. I don't think I argued that patience doesn't exist completely. I did kind of, I threw some nervous system stuff in there, but I didn't totally say patience wasn't real. So that's cool. It's a step forward for me, I think. (laughs) Some of these principles might actually exist. If you guys are patient with me, maybe I'll, (laughs) I'll get there by the end of the year. I don't know. You got anything else about patience? No. All right. Well, patiently wait for our next episode and we'll see you next (laughs) week. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.